I'm here in Greece for, for a month now and I swim every day. And every time I go into the sea, it's like I'm reconnecting with all the sea goddesses and all this sacredness that is, you know, where, where we came from, basically the sea. Hello and welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. Today, my guest is Isaiah. She is an artist and a magical pragmatic mindset coach, goddess teacher, and traveling priestess. She works with the god Greek goddesses, the archetypes of the Greek goddesses in real life and online. Isaiah, thank you and welcome to Self Talk. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Really, really. Yeah. Next, you know, I love your name. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That one that one was given to me by my parents. So <laughs> um yeah. So how did you get into this work? If I can start well, from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly the beginning. I was born into it because I'm, I'm Greek. <laughs> so I was born uh, in Greece and my mom is, and all my mother lineage is Greek. Mm -hmm. um, not my dad, though, so that's why I don't look like a Greek person, mostly. <laughs> but um, when I was a kid, I'm, I'm an only child. And when I was a kid, my mom used to tell me the stories of the gods and the goddesses of the mythology, the Greek mythology. And basically, they were my friends. Uh, mm. I kind of knew them. And even more, I had Barbie dolls named after them. So I had the, you know, the Aphrodite doll and, and they had adventures and they they kind of had, had a life outside of, of the books mm. of, or, or the stories. Right. And well, then, you know, life happened. I did other things in my life. I was a bookshop keeper for 15 years. Wow. I was a teacher for another 15 years. And um, I have I actually have a husband and two sons so and I live in the middle of nowhere in France usually uh, and what happened is I felt that I was surrounded by men there were only men in my life <laughs> and uh, I kind of needed to reconnect with the feminine mm. and I started um, organizing First, I started attending, attending, and then organizing red tents and women's mm -hmm. circles, and uh, you know places where women gather basically, and to try and reconnect with feminine energy when it's not uh, mixed with male energy. Not that I have anything against men, but you know, just to kind of refine a way to reconnect with that. Mm. And obviously, uh, around this time, the stories came back and the goddesses came back. Mm. And I realized that there are some people who are connected with angels or archangels. And I am actually connected with the goddesses. I talk to them and I've always had. Mm. And they they answer, wow. <laughs> which is even better. You know? yeah. And um, so I started working a little bit into, you know, is there a way to make it into a, let's call it a system, you know, kind of way to really harness the, the understand the archetypes behind the goddesses? Because, all right, the, the stories are nice and the images and, and all this is fun. But then there were more than that. There are archetypes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what an archetype is, is that something they've been around for 6,000 years, right? So in Europe, but also in America or in Australia, where the immigration has, um, well, they've come to visit you guys, <laughs> basically. And so, 
even if you don't know them, you know them. That's what an archetype is, right? Yeah. Even if you don't know the story or the name, uh, if I start telling you about what she is, you will remember or recognize her. Right. And I understood that there is eight of them that kind of constitute, um, how can I say that, a vision. Sorry, my English is, English is not my first language. Doing Sometimes great. I get lost in translation. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, the eight uh, goddesses that I work with constitute a kind of a, a, a whole vision of a woman's life experience. Mm. And so if you can, um, and you can, <laughs> but if you can visit each of the archetypes and see where they are in balance, a little bit like chakra, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and if you can visit each of them and see where, where there's a, a lack, not that I exactly like this word, but see what I mean, mm-hmm. or, and when there is too much. Now, for mm. instance, if I go into one of the very, the most um, frequent one is Demeter. Demeter is goddess of agriculture, harvest, fertility. She's a mother goddess, and basically she is the embodiment of the mother archetype. Mm-hmm. And so many women are trapped into the motherhood thingy. Right. I was, you know, yeah, I was yeah. for 20 years or so. I was first and foremost, I was a mom. Uh, everything in my head had drawers for, you know, what do I need to do as a mom and everything. Right. And, uh, very recently did I realize that I wasn't anymore, that I am a mother now, but I'm not a mom. My sons right. are 25 and 20. And so they're basically done with me. They don't want me anymore. Uh. <laughs> so, or at least they don't. I'm not first responder anymore. Yes, got it. Yeah. It made me realize that so many women have this first responder motherhood, yeah. not gene, but reflex. And it eats up all the other archetypes or all the other dreams, functions, ideas, parts of their universe. Mm. And it's so interesting and so fulfilling and so literally eye-opening to connect with each of them. Yeah. And to learn how they live in you, how you live in through them, kind of. That's beautiful. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I want to talk more about that in a little bit. But I want to back up for some of the listeners who may not understand just something as simple as what is the divine feminine? So what is the divine feminine? Good question. <laughs> uh, I think that we live in a world where um, we live in a masculine world. And I'm not, you know, it's not I'm not being political here or I'm not being a feminist. I'm just stating a fact. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that we, and by we, I mean men included, mm-hmm. we don't know what is a feminine word. word. Mm. We don't know yeah. what is um, a word that would be with feminine rules. Right. And that's why we, we are kind of mostly we, this time being the women, are in need. We are kind of hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... For me, the divine feminine is the feminine. And it's divine because it's in us, it's in you, it's in me, it's in everyone, including in the men, by the way. Yes, yes, of um, course. <laughs> and for me, it is basic, basic, as so basic as our menstrual cycle. Mm. If we go to that part of me that is sacred, that is the, po- the power that I have to create life, even if I don't for some whatever medical issues. But, you know, we are built like this. 
Yes. And we are built in a cyclic way. And this cyclic um, quality that women have is, for me, the embodiment of what I call the divine feminine. Mm. Uh, and it's not because I believe the divine is everywhere. I believe I believe the divine is in the in the mundane, and it's just a question of how much I agree to take some time out of the mundane to just take time for ritual, take time to pull a, to pull a card for myself, to mm-hmm. meditate, to just connect with nature. To mm-hmm. I'm here in Greece for for a month now, and I swim every day. And every time I go into the sea, it's like I'm reconnecting with all the sea goddesses and all this sacredness that is, you know, where, where we came from, basically, the sea. Beautiful. So I think the divine feminine is, is not a mystery. It's just right. there. We just have to look first inside, mm-hmm. first into our wombs and into the way we are built, connect with the four, four basic uh, feminine archetypes that are dancing around our cycles, like, like in the moon cycle, like in the season cycle, you know, there are these cycles inside a cycle. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so they are kind of, you know, like um, when you throw a rock in, in water and goes these round things. I don't right, know how to right. call them. Ripples, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ripples. Yeah. And so the cycles are, for me, are kind of the same. We have the, our internal menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. with the four faces, the maiden, the mother, the enchantress and the crone. And then we have the moon cycle, which is reflecting this, um, our own cycle with waxing moon, the full moon, the whining moon, and and the dark moon or the new moon, if you want to call it. And then we have the seasons, which again are a ripple effect. So we have spring, which is, and they're all connected. Right. And this connectedness is the sacred. This Mm -hmm. is the divine, the connection that we have with everything that is bigger than we are. You know, for whatever the religion or spirituality you follow, divine is transcendent, is me connecting with something that is bigger than me, whatever this big is. Right, right. So, so I love that description because it really does encompass the, even the mundane then, like the change of seasons becomes divine. And I I completely agree that divinity is all around us and in us and we are part of it. So there is no separation between the divine and us. I believe that is the main problem that we have been led to believe there is a separation, but there isn't. And so the reconnection, the remembering, that's why I'm talking about these Greek goddesses uh, very often, it's because it's about remembering. It's about just taking some time to realize or and to remember that we are uh, that I am connected with everything, mm-hmm. uh, with the, the the tiniest thing and with the biggest thing as well. Yes. And that is the sacredness of it. Yeah. Now, the feminine, uh, the divine feminine or the sacred feminine, has been silenced for generations, yeah. for millennia. Yeah, which means that it's more. It might feel more difficult to connect with it because mm-hmm. we don't know where it is. You know, right. um, first of all, we have to remember that it's in ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we're lucky enough to be women, you know, it's yeah. like there it is. Um, and then, of course, there's well, as I was saying, the moon, the seasons, everything in nature that is there. But also, the divine feminine has been has been hiding in plain sight even in uh, patriarchal religions or spiritualities. There she is, Mother Mary. There she is, Mary Magdalene. 
Yes. There she is, you know, and, and she is all over the place, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the Greek pantheon, on the Olympus, originally there were 12 gods and goddesses, six men and six women. Mm. Right. <laughs> so, Balance. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some of them have vanished into, you know, hiding into. Mm. Yeah. Hiding from the patriarchy, I think. <laughs> right. Right. That makes sense. Including too. some of the men archetypes, by the way, some of God's archetypes, which are now considered less than, you know, mm. uh, because so, I believe one of one of the problems of uh, monotheism, let's call it like this, is that it has reduced yeah. the the choices. And that right. to me is the problem. Yeah, I can see that, too. And it was pretty and it was very aggressive when patriarchal monotheism <laughs> took over the um you know goddess worship then it became forbidden you know to to well because if you you go on selling a religion that only recognizes one god then all the others have to disappear right right until then we could just add them the ones to each other so if you were i don't know if you were a buddhist you were all right to have a little of jesus on top of that or a little of you know zeus why not yeah, uh, sure. I remember my son when he was five. I said, "Do you believe in God?" And he said, "Sure." And he said, "I said, what's his name?" And he said, "What's their name?" And I said, <laughs> "All right then." And I said, "Who are they?" He said, "Zeus, Buddha, and Jesus." All right, the three of them. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an awesome uh, triumvirate of power yeah. right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so so you referred earlier to to the four basic feminine archetypes that oh, yeah. move us through uh, these cycles. And could you elaborate on on those? Yes, four? I can. So these are not uh, my invention, or you know. There, for me, I, I was a student of Miranda Gray. She's an English, a woman from the UK, and she's been working with the menstrual cycle for, yeah, 40 years now. Mm. <laughs> and she's awesome. And she kind of um, systemized, let's put it this way, and give them names and made a whole system uh, of how they work. So there's four of them, and they basically represent each of the four basic phases of our menstrual cycle. Of course, it could be divided again into smaller ones, like the moon cycle could be divided in eight phases or four, or even, you know, you can make it smaller and smaller. But basically, there's four of them. So we start, we usually start with the maiden. She's Mm -hmm. connected with the waxing moon and the spring energy, and she is a maiden. So um, in our cycle, it's the phase before the ovulation. So we are uh, full of energy. We're dynamic. We are young and and preppy or peppy, mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of yeah, you know, yeah. swinging around. We uh, usually the maiden is full of confidence. She is, she's going. She's full on, right? Sometimes she's even walking onto other people's feet. <laughs> so <laughs> enthusiastic that she is, uh, and she has, as far as sexuality is concerned, she has no issues with uh, no fear of pregnancy or anything. Mm-hmm. She's just there for the fun for the right. joy and the pleasure. Mm. So that's the maiden. Obviously, they all each of the four archetypes also have um, a dark side or, or a shadow side. And yes. for the maiden, it's a major one because we live in a society where the maiden is pushed. Because what I've just described with the maiden is somebody who's full on, who's everyday, 
uh, full of energy, dynamic, and basically I've described you, a man. <laughs> a man. <laughs> she yeah, is like, yeah, she right. has the, the energetic functioning of a man. You know, she goes from A to B. She wants results. She so she is very accepted into our society. Hmm. Problem is, she only lives in our cycles one week a month. Huh? What happens the other three weeks? Right. The other three weeks, if we try to pretend we are a maiden, we get burnt out. Right. We have all the I believe strongly, and and I'm not a doctor, and please don't take my word for it. But I believe that. There's so many illnesses that are relating, related to the womb that are mostly affecting women like fibromyalgia or endometriosis are strongly linked to the maiden being overexcited, <laughs> overused. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the problem is that, you know, we have another three archetypes that need their turn into our cycles. Mm -hmm. The second one is the mother. So the mother archetype is linked with the full moon, with the ovulation. Mm -hmm. Usually, sometimes women are reversed and they uh, they have the mother into the dark phase. But anyway. Right, right. And with the summer. So it's the fullness of the mother, right? The fertility. The, the, yes. She's all about giving. She's all about sharing, nurturing. She's all, right. all like her energy. Plants in bloom, yeah. Exactly. All her energy is outwards. Mm -hmm. And she is nothing if she's not selfish at all. Mm -hmm. Like the maiden can be a selfish. Sure, sure. The mother is just like full on for altruistic purposes. The problem or the shadow can be burnout, exhaustion, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you never take time. Again, if you push this archetype, which again is recognized, you know, even in, in Christian um, in Christian uh, themes and religion, we have the Mother Mary and, and all the, the, um, the idea that being a mother is a good idea. In the patriarchy, it's okay for a woman to be a mother. But then it's only one week a month. Yes. What happens to the other three? Mm. So these two archetypes are generally the ones that are accepted in mm. society today. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can see women using them or mm -hmm. be fully living in them, maybe sometimes overdoing it. Now, yeah. the other two are the one that are the most hidden and concerned uh, and, and problematic. Yes. So th then we have the enchantress. Mm. So the enchantress is linked to the post-ovulation phase. So basically, she cannot get pregnant, mm -hmm. right? She can have sex and she cannot get pregnant. She is magic. Mm -hmm. She's got the magic. Right. So she is linked to the autumn season, mm -hmm. which is the season of magic. We have Halloween and all these magic <laughs> dates right, right, around right. there. <laughs> and so the enchantress is this person that, and, and she's going downwards, right? Energetically, the maiden was going up towards the mother, the full moon, the right. explosion. And then the enchantress starts going downwards towards the dark moon, towards the menstruation phase. What happens is the descent is not a regular, slow and lovely one. It can be like this. Right. Which means that we have PMS. Mm -hmm. We have um, the energy of the enchantress can be very strong some days and then completely off the next day. She doesn't want to do anything. She's just like, oh, leave me alone. Right. And so in, in a corporate environment, what can you do with an enchantress? Nothing. It's like she's annoying, you know, she's noisy. <laughs> she has she has moods and tempers. She one day she wants to work, the other day she doesn't. So she's completely 
silenced. Mm. And women are asked to shut up about her, literally, to not right. even, you know, live it. Right, talk. right. And then we have the crone, which is even worse as far as silence comes. So yep. the crone is connected with the menstruation. So it's the week of the month where we bleed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the dark moon and with the winter, she is based, the crone is literally at the bottom of the energetic cauldron. Let's mm-hmm. put it this way. She is, she's not interested with the world. She's interested with her interior world yeah. with meditating with resting with um like the seeds in winter she, that are underground waiting for the sun to come back for the spring to come back the the crone uh, is waiting and doing right. nothing right can you see how much she is not welcome in a corporate environment exactly <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. this is not my week i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna sleep on my couch yeah this doesn't work this doesn't work and so the crone is silenced not only by exterior forces but even by women themselves Mm. who kind of do not allow for this expression because she is getting no results right right (laughs) she is not productive at all right right now she is like the winter season if we don't we did not have a winter there wouldn't be a springtime the rest period is crucial to nature. It is crucial to women as well. Yeah. But absolutely. very often it is dismissed, silenced, ignored. And we have women who are exhausted and their uteruses and their wombs are exhausted as well. Yeah. I see that's I a theme. That. That's a theme running yeah. through is burnout, exhaustion. Yeah. And, and it, is because, it is because we try, and I'm going to put myself in there because I, I, when I was a mother, I was full on crazy mummy type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we, we try to function uh, in a linear fashion, like right. men, right? right? right. Men right. go from zero to orgasm. We go like this. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it, you know, there's not one of them is better than the other. Right. Society is functioning in a masculine way. That's right. And that means that we are asking of our bodies, of ourselves, to function in the same way. Mm-hmm. There's no way this can work mm-hmm. without some damage, and the damage is to our bodies, to our health, to our mental health. Yeah. And to our connection to the divine, because as we were saying earlier, the connection is there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know about the US or the UK, but I know that in France, the ads for tampons are still presenting a blue liquid for blood. Wow. You yeah. Know. Yeah. No, that's still, still, freaking that's still blue. I know it's, it's that's your two. Actually, like, that was recently addressed here. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell you know, are we talking yeah. about here? Yeah. You know, if we can't even just acknowledge that half of the population of the planet is bleeding once a month and that blood is red, you know, and that happens yeah. and it's not a disease and it's not dirty. And it, yes. how do we hope that women will accept that? Exactly, exactly. Of themselves mm-hmm. and scream for it to be accepted of society. Yeah, I love the I love how it maps out through the menstrual cycle. Yeah, because is, as yeah. we you know, as someone who also has studied the you know the divine feminine and the and I didn't even know that there was a fourth 
I thought it was maiden mother crone. That's what I grew up maiden mother crone. And then we forget the whole enchantress or in, in some, uh, some schools it's the queen, right? So, but we look at it also in terms of our general life cycle as women, right? Which is how we normally see it, right? So you're premenstrual, you're menstrual, you're a mother, and then, you know, you're, um, the, the enchantress is exactly what I'm where I, I am. I'm right. 54 and I've been now menopause for two years uh, and I am in perimenopause. So basically I'm not finished, finished. I can feel that my body is not completely not done. You know, we, we consider that the crone period out of the lifespan of a woman is 10 years after menopause. Oh, is it 10 years after? 10 years or or five, depends how you can feel it in your body when you don't have the hormones anymore. Yeah. When you start, when you stop sweating, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very interesting uh, because um, I'm actually postmenopausal. I'm 52. And so I've gone, it's been two years that I've, I've been without menstruating. And one of the things that I didn't expect uh, besides, I'm very happy the the the, the hormones have all calmed down. <laughs> but um, but what I didn't expect was how much I miss bleeding, yeah, and so how I didn't and, either uh, yeah. expect that, and I felt it too. Yeah, uh, I I actually had a have a crazy story. I I stopped bleeding for over a year, mm. and then I had some emotional shock, and I bled two weeks after that. Wow, the power of the body, you know, it's like yes. wow. Yeah. My father died. Two weeks after that, puff, I was bleeding. I was like, Amazing. what? But there, where does it come from? You know? Yeah. What I'm going to say is that for women like us who are either perimenopausal or menopausal, there is, we are still connected to a cycle. Absolutely. And we will be cyclic for life mm-hmm. because some women say, oh, it's too late for me now. Mm. <laughs> it's never too late. First of all, we have the round thing up there, you know, the moon. Right. Yes. With there. And you can feel, you can create, you know, we have an energetic cycle and it's still going to be there forever. Yeah. And it is still going to be running your life, whether you like it or not. And, you know, (laughs) I I still go out and look at her and I still feel her. Um, You know, I used to go out every night and, um, and be with the moon and I, I could feel her pulling, you know, on the waters of my body, especially in my uterus. And I still feel that, you know, even though there's a lot of activity going on down there anymore, I still feel her talking to my body. So absolutely very, very beautiful. So the, the, the enchantress period of our lives now, if I'm talking on a general lifespan is exactly, you were saying, you know, she's, she's, um, very often unknown yes she is just like a perimenopause has been for generations that's right, that's right. You know, women were supposed to go from i can be a mother to here i am i'm in menopause and in yeah. the, the in-between thing was silenced completely we didn't want to know about women having nervous breakdowns of, of uh, emotional yes. ups and downs we didn't want to know about women having sweats or having you know bleeding and then not bleeding and and bleeding so very heavily it's, and yeah. it's, I think it is literally um this this ripple or, or reflection of one cycle into another is is exactly our, the problem <laughs> yeah. and the solution and the solution well I, I think it's so important to talk about these things because they're just not and and you know the enchantress part of it as well is very important because women feel invisible 
And on top of the hormonal changes and the sweating and the pain and the the heavy periods. There is a huge power in the enchantress. Yes. And and that they already feel alienated by their own bodies. Like, I don't even understand what's going on here. And then to also sort of be left out of the, uh, you know, of of the lineage of women's development is, is so terrifying. And so I love that, that um, we're even talking about that. And then we get into the crone phase where, where again, such an important part of society, because when you are an elder, you have so much knowledge, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're stepping into mentorship, you're stepping into, An, an elevated state that is so important to the rest of society. And yet we shut old people away. And I just, uh, that I, I can't wrap my head around, at least in the States. I don't know what. How- yeah, I think, it, I think it's, it's kind of general in Europe as well. I wouldn't say, I don't know about the um, Asia because I think they have a different yeah, I, yeah. connection to their elders, but in Europe, at least in France, it's like. Well, Greece, and also less than that though, the Greeks are, are, are keeping their elders at home. Like there are very less, you know, retirement houses where we send them, you know, get away. (laughs) Well, I mean, even just the respect and I have to walk it back a little bit because I know indigenous American cultures, the First Nations, Native Americans uh, do still obviously honor their their elders, which is something that we could learn a lot from. Um, So knowing all of this. um, What are some ways that women and even men, for that matter, can shift their lives to honor these these cycles, these phases? Well, I think it, it's really about connecting, as we were saying, with your body as a woman first. So if you are the proud owner of a uterus, <laughs> whether it's still functioning or not, mm-hmm. uh, you can connect with that. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are several, uh, many, many women now are running workshops and yeah, there, there are um, techniques uh, I personally have a workshop around working with a yoni egg, so uh, with um, either a jade or a crystal egg uh, that can help you reconnect literally, as in feel things yes. in your womb that you don't feel or that I didn't feel at least uh, for a long time. Uh, there's also a lot of meditations, books and things like that. But for me, it's mostly about reconnecting with your body and you literally stop uh, pretending that it doesn't exist. Yes. That we are walking hearts or walking brains. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're all right with the, with the emotions now. Thank goodness we've agreed that we have some emotions. Yeah. We don't have to be just brains, but um, bodies, you know, how do we honor about our bodies? How do we keep in touch with them and then connect with whatever is out there? You know, we are not born in cities. We are not born in cement, in uh, cars and big buildings. We are born on nature, under the moon, in the, uh, with the stars, walking on the earth. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I keep uh, the, one of the Greek goddesses archetypes I work with is Gaia. So Gaia is the literal embodiment of the planet itself. And people say, women say to me, how do you connect with Gaia? And I say, just take off your shoes. Yes. Take the plastic between, take off the plastic between your, your, your feet and the ground and just feel the energy. There she is. You know, nothing is hidden. Right. But if we live in an air conditioned apartment, we never open the windows. We never feel the real air. 
We never see the real moon because we, we are surrounded by electric lights all the time. And we never see a tree or, you know, very seldom once a month or so. Mm. Obviously, we are disconnected. Absolutely. But sure. magic and nature and the divine is just there. Right. We, no, we are the ones who left. Right. <laughs> we are the ones who are closing our doors or pretending that there are no seasons, you know, with air conditioning. We're, we're, I was amazed in France, it's not uh, very fashionable to have air conditioned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the US, when I visited several times, and I love the US, uh, I'd love to come back again when we're done with this, whatever <laughs> pandemic yeah, stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, I was amazed that the, temp the temperature is everywhere is the same, mm -hmm. like... You know, um, and I think we forget then, we forget the seasons, we forget that there is a rhythm, mm. you know, there is this this round thing that goes up and then down, and now we are in, in the northern hemisphere, we're going towards uh, fall and, and winter, and there is an energy, if you listen closely, there is an energy for uh, slowing down, Yeah. for But what, what do we do instead? We do Christmas. Yeah. Black right. Friday. We spend and right, we spend put, money, put the lights yes, on. And you, know, yes. and, you know, this is, I know I may sound like a complete freak, you know, living in the middle of nowhere where I can see the stars. But I feel, I feel um, grateful that I can see the stars every night and that I'm cold in winter and that I have to work on getting hot, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to buy myself heavy jumpers because it's cold. And then I'm, I love to be hot in the summer and, you know, I'm just connecting with that. So for me, it's, that's why I call myself a magical pragmatic coach, mm. because I, I believe that it's the solutions are really pragmatic, really simple and really like, you know, if you want to connect with the ground. Anchor yourself. Well, take off your shoes. Step yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> if I, you want to connect with the divine, you know, watch the moon feel the energy yep. take time to do that and yep. then then it happens you know it's like and it's and, also and every day it happens easier yeah it's a ritual i do that every morning i i put my bare feet on the ground no matter what the season is and uh it's it's a beautiful thing to do and you know even if you live in a city Cities have parks, you know, or at least a little bit of grass somewhere, you know, where you where you don't have pavement. Yeah, there, there are things now we're, we're very, 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 very lucky. We have the Internet and we can connect with uh, absolutely anyone in the world. So you can meditate with someone who is under the stars and the energy yes. will Beautiful. come to you as well. And there, there's so many things that can be done. Yeah, I, I just want just one minute because you might have male auditors as well. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, uh, for men uh, who want to connect. Uh, again, the moon is is the best way, and the other way is just to connect with their women around. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, get to learn this cyclic functioning. Uh, and of course, I'm I I am kind of pretending that we don't have um, uh, the Caribbean and all these people who have less of a season. Mm. Uh, but that's not where I live. I'm not saying that they should live like that. But basically, no. for me, it's like um, the, the connection to my body, step one, to nature, step two, uh, is everything. Yeah. And that is, you know, and everything is in plain sight. And it, the solutions are so simple. I actually yeah. wrote a, an, a blog article that says it can't be so simple, Isaiah. 
<laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Love it. So speaking of your coaching, um, how can people reach you? How What's the best way to get in touch? So uh, I have a website, which is called isaiabell.com. And I guess you will link that into. Yes, I'll put it in our show notes. And everything is in there. Obviously, I'm on socials. I'm everywhere around uh, under the name of Isaiah Bell. Um, So wherever you can find me, I am. (laughs) Um, And uh, the, the way to get in, I think the easiest way to get into my world is to do the goddess quiz. Mm. I created a sensory quiz that is really meant to um, bring you, without you thinking too much, into knowing not which goddess you are, because we are all of them, right? (laughs) which goddess needs some attention today or which goddess can help you today. So you can take the goddess quiz as many times as you feel and you'll have a different answer. And it's free, right? Oh, great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so it's on my website as well. So you okay. can you can go in there and take the goddess quiz. Yes, and, and I'll have that just get so to, know. Get to learn the eight goddesses archetypes, or at least the one that is concerning you today, and get some um, some connecting <laughs> done. Beautiful, beautiful. And just uh, so people know, it's I-S-A-Y-A-B-E-L-L-E dot com. Absolutely. And yeah. I will uh, put these in the show notes. And Isaiah, I just want to thank you so much for oh, being It's really a pleasure. Thank you very, very much. I love talking about that. I get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's wonderful. It went for too long. We need it. Thank we you very much for having me.